Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Saturday, everybody. Welcome in. Rob Ellis holding it down from our studios in Old City. But you thought you weren't going to get any king today. You get your king. He's just coming to you from the south. He's The king got soft. He had to go south. Can't handle this cold weather. I think there's something going on in Atlanta. He's been hanging down there for the last couple of days, and we bring him right in without further ado. See that? You can't handle this cold weather, Howard. That's why you That's why you bolted. Hey, trust me. Down here, it was cold down here for most of the week. It was a joke. <laughs> I mean, I thought Atlanta was hot Atlanta. It's, it wasn't hot Atlanta. It was cold, but I know you guys are freezing. Yeah. What, what's, it, what's it now, about 15 degrees? Yeah, it's about – today I think it might be going up to a balmy – 30 high 30s low 40s so we'll we'll tell you it's been it has not been fun that you you picked a good week to just get out of dodge for a little bit or a couple yeah, days well, I, I don't think I, I don't think i scheduled this uh, i think the super bowl is already scheduled this week. <laughs> well it worked out <laughs> for you to your fate so give me give me the feel howard because we're we're literally coming up uh almost a year to the day when the eagles won their super bowl and, and obviously it's going to be a letdown for anybody from Philadelphia who yep. covers the Eagles. But what what's it like down there this week? Because let's face it, I mean, there are a lot of people that are ticked off the Rams are there. They feel like the Saints should be there. There are a lot of people that have Patriots fatigue. Set the scene a little bit for us uh, for the Super Bowl. What's going on? Well, I think Patriot fatigue is the biggest, is the biggest problem uh, for fans and for the NFL. There's so many – and there's some, there's some Patriots fans here – but and it's crazy. You know, Thursday gets really busy in town. The traffic last night was a joke, uh, but that happens at all Super Bowls. But you hear people and people say, you know, I just I'm tired of the Patriots. I just want the Rams to win. And more and more and more people, I've heard that from. They're so. I think the Patriots fans, not not all of them, but some of them who used to come to the Super Bowls when their team was in it. I don't think they bother coming anymore because how many Super Bowl sweatshirts can you get? Really, it just you can only get it. Still, it still says the Super Bowl and it has a Patriots logo. How many can you get? Well, and by the way, they haven't even changed the the logo. Looks identical to what it was last year. In the last couple of years, they've completely mailed in any kind of effort to give it any kind of distinctive look. Yeah, they just added what another another eye, yeah, or eye or whatever the heck that. I don't even know what Roman numerals are anymore, but uh, it's just not the same. And then the Rams fans, you find people that are Rams fans or now want to be Rams Rams fans. They don't have a tremendous fan base either. It's really kind of a, of all the Super Bowls, and I can't give you the matchups of all of them. This is probably, and they'll still have good ratings. They'll never come close to what the Eagles ratings were for the Super Bowl last year, and I'm talking about nationally. Obviously, in Philadelphia, it was huge. But it'll never come close to that. Uh, but it's just it's just unexciting. It's just unexciting for the fans. Now, it's the Super Bowl, and people have a good time, 
but it's it's just not the same. I just don't feel the same vibe. Now, part of the problem is last year was so uh, so crazy and so exciting because the Eagles were in it. So, uh, you know, uh, I forget how many people I said it to. I said, it's just not the same buzz. But it's not the same buzz. And because it's the Eagles, it's not the same buzz. Yeah, now, and- Howard, you're right. I remember, I could go back to the, the, the Super Bowl in Jacksonville. And even at that point, the Patriots dynasty had just sort of begun. But I was down there the whole week, and the Eagles fans absolutely dominated. I mean, even then, the Patriots fans were kind of like, all right, ho-hum, we've been there, done that. I can only imagine what it's like a decade-plus later. Yeah, I, when I see, you know, you look for the T-shirts, I see some Patriots, some Rams, but not, yeah, it's, it's clearly not what the Eagles fan base is, uh, where they overwhelm. The Eagles, because, and Atlanta people could have driven. They wouldn't have had to worry about getting on a plane. I mean, it's a long drive, but the Eagles fans will drive anywhere. So I, it's just it's just not the same. And the game, you know, nobody gets in trouble, so you don't get a lot of news. Uh it really, that's what it gets. It comes down to, and you say, "Oh, well, what's the story?" The players say the same things every day. There's too many news conferences, and how many different things can they say, and how many different questions can they ask? So, probably the biggest news, and Angelo whines about it more than anybody else, but I was fine with it. Biggest news is the commissioner speaking, but he does every year, and there's usually something that comes out of that. This year, there was a built-in. Uh, there was a building story because of the officials, but I had no problem with his answer. So outside of that, there's really been there's really not been a lot of news. The commissioner didn't announce anything uh, because the schedule for uh, the team, the games in London uh, and Mexico have come out like a couple of weeks ago. So outside of that, there really there really is nothing. But it's the Super Bowl, and there are a lot of people, and I get to. Uh, to see a lot of people. I had what I considered, I was talking to Mike Quick last night. Uh, we had dinner at a function together. And he met uh, Wooden. I didn't even know John Wooden was still alive. Uh, Wait, John Wooden? Great. Uh, he said he met Wooden. Uh-huh. Uh, is Wooden? No, he's gone. John, yeah, yeah, he's gone. He, I, I don't know who he was talking about. Wow. But maybe it was maybe it was his son. Maybe it was somebody else uh, in the family. Uh, but anyway, you know, I thought, but I didn't want to ask him sound foolish. Yeah, he, he passed in, in 2010. Okay, well, he met somebody that mm-hmm. he was really impressed with. And my moment was uh, Roger Staubach, who I'd met one other time, oh, maybe 15 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, because I was always a Roger Staubach. Forget the fact that he was a cowboy. He was a great human being and a terrific player. Navy, yeah, the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and I happened to be wearing my salute to service warm-up. Uh, jacket, and he was obviously like that uh, because he's so loyal uh, to the military. But my moment was it was kind of interesting. Um, I, I, I talked to him. Uh, somebody said, "Well, let me take a picture." I said, so I took a picture of it, and he saw it. Obviously, everybody knows I have a Super Bowl ring, and he had a ring. I didn't know they won a Super Bowl, but I didn't want to ask. Did they win a Super? Did he win a Super Bowl? Yeah, he no, they, they beat uh, they beat Denver. Uh, in 77 with Stahlbach? Okay. Yeah. All right. So all right. So he had a Super Bowl ring, and he looked at the ring, and he says, my gosh, mine's half the size of this ring. <laughs> <laughs> he says, yeah, but you were in the game, so it's all right. Yeah, a little different. A <laughs> little different. Well, I mean, so set, set the scene for obviously Stahlbach, but there's, there is a lot of parties. Now, because it's L.A., does that bring any more of the star factor, Howard? There's also a lot of you know hip-hop people from Atlanta. There's There's – 
there's a decent mix at least where you get some people. We know you're at every party, so what's the deal? No, no, that's not the way it is. I think the parties are overrated because, to be honest, it's a lot of riffraff and a lot of wannabes. You know, there's a lot of hip-hop people, but I haven't seen any celebrities because here are there celebrities that are big Boston people. I mean, John Bon Jovi. So he might come in the day of the game uh, because he's he loves Kraft, or he loves Belichick. Right, but he's from Jersey, but he, yeah, he's a, he's, he's, a, he's a New England guy because of Belichick well, and the whole, the whole connection. Yeah. So he might come in for the game. But I haven't seen you know, what celebrities are connected with these teams. You'd say L.A., but I don't know if they're really connected other than they want to go to the games. Right. They no, they're frauds. Fans. You know that. They just want to show yeah. up to, to be seen. They, don't, right. I mean, they, they wouldn't know one player on the Rams if you asked them. Right. So the parties are, are kind of, I mean, it's a lot, really, it's a lot of wannabes. Uh, and it's, uh, they're overloaded anymore. And the parties aren't the same as they used to be. There's a lot of them. And for, for a lot of people, parties are just about alcohol, so people don't care who's there and who's not there <laughs> as, long as, there, as long as there's alcohol at those parties. Uh, but outside of that, it's really – I'm going to one today, which I always go to. Michael Rubin is one of the uh, Sixers owners. Right. Who's, who's, I've been a friend with Michael for a long time, so I always get invited to this party. I mean there are a ton of players that come to these things. Shaq will be there. He's always fun, so I, I know Shaq, so I talked to him. Uh, Di, uh, Julius Irving will be there. He's always there, and he lives uh, he, he lives in Atlanta, so he'll be there. Uh, and there'll be a, there'll be players there because he's got the company. And he's got business dealings with a lot of players. But outside of that, uh, I think the parties are so so overrated. I mean, last year he had the chain smokers perform at his party. I mean, that's not cheap. You still wow. got to pay for them to come in. Yeah. And then he had, he had a rapper. I forget who it was the year before. It cost him a lot of money. But outside of that, I think they're all, they're really all overrated. So what, what's the storyline? It's the Patriots again. Uh, by the way, the Patriots should be coming into this game with two straight Super Bowl losses. They should have lost to Atlanta. But Kyle Shanahan went brain dead when they're, when the Falcons were on the 21 rather than run the ball three times, kick a field goal, and really put it out of reach. So so he doesn't do that. And they lost last year to the Eagles. They, this should be their third straight loss because I think the Rams are going to win. Uh, but everybody, it's Tom Brady this, Tom Brady that. And I understand he's a great quarterback. And it's Belichick this and Belichick that. And then, you, you know, you got to listen to what I was on the other day with uh, guys from the, one of the sports stations in Boston, uh, and they just kiss ass all the time. <laughs> and then the Dallas guys, I congratulate them because um, I was happy to see that Tony Romo finally made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good line's a good line. That's a good line. <laughs> he finally made it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> he might make it and to that podium they, if they let him go up there and hand the trophy yeah, to those guys. And then they – and those guys, you know – they get this this narrative that came out of Philadelphia, and this is the problem with voodoo journalism and fake news. They ask me, well, you got a problem up there with Wentz. I said, no, no, the Eagles do not have a problem up there with Wentz. That story was, was bogus, and it was ridiculous, and I still, uh, Joe Santa Liquido, and I, you know, Joe is, I've always been a nice guy with Joe, and he's been nice to me. But the reality is, it was it's a bogus story. I challenged him with a ten thousand dollar offer to charity, and he went into witness protection. I haven't heard from him <laughs> since. Uh, so, but that narrative, that narrative is a joke. And from what I understand, Carson Wentz will be 
I think some stories that come out next week that Carson has, has spoken to people and tried to, uh, you know, tell people what his feelings were uh, with what happened over the last couple of years at the end of the season. So, but it's not like that people don't like him. There aren't people in the locker room that don't like him. There aren't people that think he's egotistical. He was just quiet. I'm, you know, and I saw it. He was just quiet through the whole thing. But um, I assume in these stories that uh, because he's spoken to some people that uh, it will be explained, which I think is going to come out next week. But the reality is that that story's that story's not a story. So you got to try to tell those people that. But they take they take real real uh, a sense of satisfaction and say, "Oh, it's screwed up." Like like Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. Spare me. Well, the best news to come out of there is they're not extending. One of the the, the worst news, if you're an Eagles fan, is they're not extending Garrett. You, if you're an Eagles fan, you want him extended for the next fifteen years. And you are correct, and that's what I said to him. I said I'm disappointed in Jerry Jones. I'm, you know, he's done something which I'm sad about, but he's not extending Jason Garrett's contract. We want him to be there for a long, long time. Uh, so, yeah, but that story, yeah, that's during Super Bowl week. But it's not here. Yeah. So in Atlanta at the Super Bowl. So it's a game that I, I, I think it'll be a close game. So the game could be exciting. It'll never be as exciting as the Eagles games. And, and not an Eagle game, just not from a Philadelphia standpoint, but from a Super Bowl standpoint. It's, it's one of the top, the top five Super Bowls as far as entertainment from beginning to end. Uh, yeah, second highest scoring Super Bowl. It was the second highest ever. Yeah, it just uh, I get to see uh, Roger Goodell, and I actually I get to speak to him at the owners' meetings, which I went to last year. I said, "Boy, that game was great for you. That might be one of the top three. He said it might be the best. <laughs> so, it, 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 you know, when you look at that game, and you can't, I don't think people compare because it's it's different fans, uh, the fan base, but around the country, it's still the Super Bowl, and we'll still watch it. Uh, but it's not going to be the same. And if you're watching it, just you hear Tony Romo call the plays before they happen, and I get over that too. Uh, you know, he can see what the formations are. He knows what the down and distance is. And I'm tired of hearing about and it's Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints because Sean backed it off a little bit this week too. Uh, he made a mistake. If he runs the ball on first down instead of passing and he kicks the field goal and the Rams might have 40 to 45 seconds left with no timeouts. So he screwed that up. They got the ball first after the coin toss, which you normally win. The percentages are you win. So all those things considered, just stop. Well, and, so, and Breeze throws the pick in, in overtime. I mean, you got to eat that ball and just take the sack. I mean, there were yeah. a lot of things that went wrong for them. For yeah, sure. they had the first possession, and he threw the interception. So, you know, you got to stop complaining. The officials screwed up. And I don't know where you stand on it, but I was fine with Roger Goodell. I yeah, mean, I mean, the, here's the only the only thing I took umbrage with was, well, he said, well, we did state this publicly. You didn't state it publicly. You told Peyton that right after the game, and then he and then yeah, he went into Peyton, hiding for a couple of days. Yeah, but Peyton made it public, so they it's already been public that Peyton said the NFL told me it was uh, uh, they made a mistake, Albert Verrett. So they admitted their mistake, uh, and that was the guy that would have to. Uh, admit the mistake because he's the head of the officials. Although Goodell didn't speak, I don't know why he had to speak because he was going to speak again. At least, you know, the, the good thing about that, there's always dumb questions at the uh, State of the League address by Goodell at the Super Bowl, and there was dumb ones this year, but there's less dumb ones because you're still asking about 
the officials call and that game and and then it was fake news that was uh, uh, that came out of the the officials thing that Goodell cleared up. And somebody wrote that the rule is he can he has the power to replay that game from the point of the infraction and replay that game. And he read the rule, and it's completely opposite. He does not have the power to do that. And he read the rule, which is in the rule book. So that was fake news. Uh, that was reported. So, well, he could have played the game played. No, he couldn't have uh, because it doesn't allow him to do that by the rules. And they're not going to do Which it. they would never do anyway. I mean, we know right. that. I mean, that, that, yeah. was, that, that was clear. So you, you're, you're feeling a Rams win here. I mean, it's two and a half. Yeah. It really hasn't moved a whole lot. Patriots, as you mentioned, always, every game is tight that they played in the Super Bowl in their history. So you think the Rams can win this thing? Uh, I, I do think the Rams can win it. And the Patriots... Although they win close games, when they're the favorite, they don't win close games in the playoffs when they're the favorite. When they're the favorite, and actually, it started out as Rams one one and a half, and it moved quickly to uh, to the Patriots two and a half. I thought it might go to three, but it's not going to get to three because somebody in Las Vegas yesterday who bet. He bet the Eagles on the money line last year mm-hmm. and won, spent a, a, a million and a half dollars. Whoa! This bet came in again this year for a million and a half on the Rams on the money line, which is plus one fifteen Rams. Yeah, uh, last so, I checked. Yeah, whatever it is, but he met a million and a half. Jeez. <laughs> so uh, there's a statistic. And I love these stats, and Mark Lawrence will probably run it down uh, with you when he comes. Yeah, on well, later. I'm on at nine forty for people who are wondering. Yeah. <laughs> but when the when the when a favorite in the playoffs is a three pointer less favorite, the underdog is nineteen and six straight up. Mm. Uh, it, which is a weird thing when you think, okay, it's that close, but it's the public that bet it to that number. It's not like that's the number that. The odds makers, and they, you know, they just a lot of numbers they feed into a computer. The number that came out that the Rams are a better team. They have a better record. Uh, they're a better team. They just haven't been in the, in the Super Bowl before, but it, it didn't hurt the Eagles last year. They still won the game. Uh, is Jared Goff as good as Nick Foles was? He won't be that good. But you go into the game and you say, all right, the quarterback's got to make. You got to make make sure that he doesn't get too overwhelmed with the situation. I don't know that he will or he won't, but it's the first time for the Rams, but it was the first time for the Eagles. Yeah, this comes down so. to Gurley for me, Howard. If Gurley looks healthy enough and, and can carry the load, I think they're going to be okay. If, if the running game isn't there, then I think Goff gets himself in trouble. Well, yeah, because he's so good on play action. But C.J. Anderson's done a really nice yeah. job, too. No, uh, yes. So I just think they're a better team. I think they're a better team. I don't think the Patriots, you know, that, that mantra – Oh, people don't think we're good enough anymore. Well, I'm one of them. I don't think you're good enough. I think you got lucky against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, whose defense was, wasn't was good enough, but the Chiefs were four inches away from winning that game. If D. Ford lines up on sides and not four inches off sides, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs win that game. So you know, there's, there's all these little things that do happen, uh, but I, I don't think the Chiefs uh, or, or the uh, – and the Patriots really should have been in the game. But that, that was the Chiefs' fault, so there's nothing you can do about that. I just don't think they're as good as the Rams. 
I think the Rams are a better team. All right, I, I got really to hit you with two rapid-fire non-Super Bowl. First, will the Phillies whiff on both Harper and Machado? Do you think this thing's still going to happen? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just people have to relax. If you you know Boris, you know oh, he's going to he milk is. him for every last dime. That's that's the yeah. the, the whole ploy he's right trying, now. That's exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to get a team to offer more. I don't really, I don't think from what I've been told by people that that, that have a good sense because nobody know, no team knows what the other team has offered, but there's a good sense among the teams that there was never a three hundred million dollar offer. Never by the Washington Nationals. So Boris is trying to save face and get to that number, which he won't get. Teams now are using analytics to determine how much the player's worth. The players loved it when they used it to determine how good they, they appear to be, but now they don't like it when they're using it to determine how much a player is worth, and he's not worth $300 million. Uh, whatever, Whichever way you slice it, whatever how many years you put on it, he's not worth $300 million guaranteed. So uh, will they whiff on both? I don't think they will get both. At one point I said, well, they can get one, they can get both, or they can get none. I- I'm going to take out they could get both. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, somehow I think the Yankees are still laying in the weeds. Okay. I-, I just can't get away from the Yankees laying in the weeds for Machado. Uh, but Harper, I still think there's a good chance – but I do think there is a chance that they don't get uh, they don't get either one of them. And okay. I know Phillies fans will go crazy, uh, and 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 you know WIP will go crazy. Oh, they didn't get hard. They're still a better team this year right now without either. I one agree. Of them. I agree. But it's 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 almost like it's those guys are bust. All right, last one. Your boy Ben Simmons playing pretty well. Sixers take out the Warriors le- the other night on fire right now. Howard, my boy Ben. That's ben. right. Well, the Warriors don't play any defense, and but they usually win. I think it's the first time they scored less than 105 points. They did a real good job game. against them. They did, especially considering they were yeah. turning the ball over left and right to start the game. The Sixers got yeah, it together. Well, that's the other thing. They still turn the ball over too much. Ben Simmons scored some points. I, I still, I still would trade him uh, and get a real, uh, get a real point guard because they still don't have a point guard, uh, and they still need a point guard. And I, I, in the end, when you get to the, the the teams that when it means something at the end of the season, when you're jockeying for position, or you get into the playoffs, if Ben's playing off the ball, as I know he's done a little bit more lately, uh, teams are going to foul him, and that's not going to be a good thing. So, and he still he's got to get to the foul line more to get the other teams in foul trouble, and. I don't know that he's that he's going to do it the way he plays the game. My boy, and that's John Johnson. I, that's right. John I know. I, I just did it to tweak you a little bit. All right. So you think the that's all right. That's you, all right. you think the Rams win the game? You're 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 parting with all the all the big shots. We'll see how it goes tonight. Maybe you and Bon Jovi <laughs> hanging out. But we'll uh, we'll we'll talk to you next week. Howard, we appreciate you checking in, man. Thanks. All right. Well, hey, Rob, I do want to mention one thing. Yes. Because uh, we're not at the. Uh, this would have been my last week at the Borgata. Right. And uh, we're not there uh, because I'm in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then we don't go back to the Borgata until uh, football season starts. And for us and for them, it starts in August when we start the preseason. But for people that are looking for something to do during the Super Bowl, they just want to party. The Borgata has, and I mentioned this last week, $99 for a room for Sunday night. Mm. You can watch the game there in the beer gardens or whatever you have it. And you get, with that $99 room, a $50 credit for bar and food 
and Angeline and Bobby Flay have upscale bar food uh, where you can watch the games and uh, still get room for $99 a night on Sunday night, the night of the Super Bowl. So if anybody's looking for something to do, that, That's awesome. that would be it. That, that would be it. That is awesome. Howard, we appreciate it, man. Good talking to you as always, brother. Have fun down there. All right, Rob. Take All right, care. You got it. That is Howard asking. Quick time out. We'll set everything up for the show. We see you guys on hold. We will get you when we get back. I am Rob Ellis in for Howard Eskin on this Saturday. Got an Ed Bank and update. WIP Sports Time is 824. All right, welcome back, everybody. Rob Ellis in for Howard Eskin on this Saturday. Just wrap things up with Howard, as a matter of fact, from Atlanta. He's down there for Super Bowl 53 with the Rams and the Patriots. And we will get uh, Mark Lawrence coming up in about an hour and 12 minutes. We'll get his uh, his picks. You know, with the Super Bowl, there's so many prop bets. There's, like, cross-pollination with, with different sports where you can tie in the NBA, the NHL, and, and the game itself. So we'll get to that certainly coming up. A uh, couple things, and we're going to get right to the phones. 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. You can tweet me at Sports, by the way. Let's start with this because we literally have a day. We, we have somewhere in the neighborhood of about, mm, let's see, 24 and about 10. We have 34 hours-ish, somewhere around there, where Philadelphia is still the defending Super Bowl champions, where they're still the champions. So you got a little bit of time left. So I thought, you know what, today in our, in our short period of time together, let's revel in it. It's never happened in my lifetime. It's never, ever happened as a Super Bowl champs, and it took 57, 58 years for it to happen. So I figure we can enjoy the last 24-plus hours of this thing. So a simple question for you. Where were you when the clock struck zero and the Eagles won the Super Bowl? Where were you? Were you at the game? Were you with your family? Were you with your friends? I mean, give me, paint the picture for me. As that ball that Tom Brady launched, as he gets out of the uh, the grasp of Brandon Graham and launches that thing to Rob Gronkowski, who it looked like he was surrounded by about 50 Eagles on the play, and it took forever for that ball to come down and eventually be batted down and away, and you're looking for the flags and all that. When that actually took place, where were you? And I'll tell you exactly where I was. I was sitting on a TV set at NBC Sports Philadelphia, waiting to come on and do the post-game show, a nervous wreck. Because it's the whole day, I woke up that morning feeling utter confidence that the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl. I, I had virtually no doubt. I was so calm and sure that I started you know, worrying myself as the day went on and getting in my own head. But I felt really, from the time I woke up, throughout the course of the day, throughout the game, that the Eagles were going to win. But I'm not going to lie to you that it was only eight points that the Patriots still had a chance on that last drive. Maybe a little nervous. I was a little nervous at that point, but I was sitting on the set as a typical Philadelphian because I wanted it to happen for the city so badly. I was a mess. And it's a weird setting because you're not with your buddies. You're not with your friends. You're just sitting there. I got an earpiece in, and I'm watching it in a monitor surrounded by the studio crew, and we all had the same feeling. And then I went on right after the game. But that's where I was at that point in time. Where were you? So we'll, we'll get into that, you know, whether or not and we kick around some of the betting stuff, if you're going to get into this thing straight up, prop bets, block pool, legally betting, going to the Borgata, whatever. 
We'll talk about that as well. We'll get into some Sixers, as I mentioned. They're playing great right now. And we talked about this stretch defining their season, and so far they're coming up big. Now they got they got Sacramento tonight, but they're coming off the win on Thursday against Golden State, where you know Howard wants to downplay it and not give him props. But Ben Simmons has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Offensively and defensively. And look, this is going to come down for Ben to the playoffs when it matters most and what he's going to deliver. And if they end up with Boston, who typically defends him well, he's going to have to be a lot better than he was. That's for sure. That's what this is going to come down to. But you got to give credit where credit's due. And a lot of people, we know the shortcoming, and it's the jump shot, and it's an issue. But there's so many other things that he does well. There are so many strengths of his game that outweigh the weaknesses that I think he deserves a lot of credit. Look, it's without a doubt Joel Embiid is the guy on this team. Everything revolves around him. And even after a slow start the other night in Golden State where he didn't look like himself, he looked sluggish, he was turning the ball over, he ended up with another monster game and took it to Boogie Cousins. And he is an absolute force, a force. But I'd be lying if I told you the Jimmy Butler inconsistency didn't worry me. My stance all along has been, don't trade them, ride it out, see how the season goes, see how far they go, see how he fits in with these guys, and if he doesn't fit in, let him walk and use the money and try to sign a free agent. I am not down with a five-year, $190 million deal for him. I don't think he's that good a player. Flat out. He hasn't been as good defensively as I thought, and he's wildly inconsistent offensively. So I would not pay him that kind of coin. If he gets it somewhere else, so be it. And if this thing doesn't work out the rest of the season, so be it. But I don't want to trade him. But speaking of trades, the deadline's coming up February 7th, which is Thursday at 3 o'clock. There's been a lot of movement in the NBA. We'll get into that. And, and I'm, as I mentioned with Howard, maybe I'm just getting freaked out here a little bit, but the Harper Machado thing, the longer it goes, I think it is Boris playing games and Lozado playing games. But I don't know. I'm starting to get a weird feeling that neither happens. So we'll get into it. And there's also a story, that, and this came out of the Washington Post, which and Matt Breen wrote about it today for Philly.com, about Gabe Kapler in, in 2015 when he was with the Dodgers. There was a... An, an alleged assault that took place uh, with a young lady with some Dodgers players. And if you read the piece, it seems like Gabe tried to sweep it under the rug a little bit. Um, but ultimately, Gabe's response was, that's what the Dodgers organization told me to do. Now, he hasn't, there was a follow-up, some questions, and they and he hasn't responded. But that'll be interesting to see the way that thing plays itself out. Um It's not a good piece. Basically, there was an underage girl. She was 17. She was partying with a couple Dodgers players and a couple of girls that they were with. She got drunk. Uh, There was a a fight. There was all kinds of stuff that went down. Um, And this girl, you know, claimed she was was physically assaulted and all this other stuff. She ended up being a runaway. And there's a lot of details to it. Um, but it. But it doesn't shed a good light on Gabe. We'll see if he or the Phillies have anything to say regarding it. And again, at the time, he was with the Dodgers. But, you know, maybe not a great look with free agency here and with the season about to start pretty soon, less than three weeks away. So we'll get into that. And we got to give the Flyers some due. It would have been real easy to just quit here the way that things had gone. But to their to their credit, they have not given up. And isn't it amazing what a difference it makes when you have a goaltender? Everybody looks that much better, right? The defense looks that much better. All of a sudden, you can hang with the big boys like Boston the other day. But give them credit, man. They did not lay down the Flyers and give Scott Gordon the uh, 
the interim head coach a lot of credit as well. All right, let's get to the phones. Mike in Westchester kicked things off. Mike, you're on 94 WIP. What's up, Rob? Mike, how you doing, man? Hey, man, good. Everything's well. Tough, uh, tough one by Temple the other night. Uh, that was a, they've had a couple bad losses. I mean, the Houston game at Houston, you can live with the one at home against Cincinnati's an awful loss. That was brutal. I don't Terrible. know what happened. In Terrible. I mean, it's, uh, I, I mean, I, I thought we had a chance to get in a couple of schools, maybe three schools and uh, local schools into the tournament, but yeah, got those they, they got they got to get it together. Well. Yeah, well, you're seeing. I mean, not that we He's the best coach in college basketball, Rob. Uh, yeah, I agree. Down. I agree. Two uh, two national championships in the last three years. If that wasn't witness Look enough, what he did with the, what he was depleted with that roster last year, and what he's done now, it's incredible that that, that he's got this team playing that well right now. Yeah. undefeated the Big East. No doubt, he he is a phenomenal coach, and and people who may not want to give him props because he's Villanova's coach or whatever need to recognize uh, Jay Wright is an absolute Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, needs to recognize about Ben Simmons. He's no a sense, Hall of Fame you know? type of coach. Yeah, Ben Simmons was tremendous in that game. It, I see Ben Simmons. Uh, I'm a detractor from Ben Simmons a lot for what he negatives, but what he did in that game and the, the, the Sixers are getting smart. He should not be playing. We don't talk enough time, about Rob. his prowess on the defensive end, Mike, and what he's yep. able to do and match up with guys because of his size. Bolden. The, the, from, How about from, Bolden and Shamit, Rob? They've given him a lot. They've given him a lot. They really have. They're, they're, they were forced to give him a lot because they don't have much else. And, and you know, it's, if, if they play like that, I say that I'll say this: they get the cover. They're going to go. There's rumors for them to get uh, Miritich, but I would love to get Miritich. I would too. And also get Wesley Matthews. Is going to be a buyout candidate. Yeah, they get both those guys. Well, that the, that's the, the phony, that's the, the beauty team that is Boston Celtics mm-hmm. with a fraud Kyrie Irving will lose. They play the Sixers this time around. Well, that that's the beauty of this, just being able to wait out some of these buyouts. You know, the Sixers may not have a ton to give up, but you're not going to have to give a whole lot no, up in those circumstances. No, no, not for those so guys. Not I mean, it looks like New Orleans is selling the entire. Team, yeah, oh, they're go, they're going in straight tank mode. I mean, that that's after the every, everything came down with Anthony Davis this week. They're mm-hmm. looking to move possibly Drew Holiday, Miritich. Yeah, they're they're yep. going straight up tank is where they're going. They, uh, they, and I'll tell you what, Rob, they, they replayed the Super Bowl and it's beautiful to wake up Saturday morning watching that. And yeah. I'll tell you, the play, the play that doesn't get a lot of recognition is that I think it's bigger play than the strip sack was the completion of Ertz on fourth down. Fourth and that five. Was, Fourth and five no. from their own from their own forty five. Uh, I don't think they win the game. They don't complete it, that. Well, the, and that's the and that's the great thing, Mike. Thanks, man. That's the the Doug knew if you give the ball back to Brady at that point in time, the Eagles lose the Super Bowl flat out, and that was part of Big Balls Doug last year, and what you saw on every turn. He pushed every right button. He had such a feel for that team. He knew you had to go for it there. Foles makes a great play because there's a guy right in his face. Ertz does a great job of not only catching it but extending because he just barely got it, but he did get it. And it keeps that drive alive, and it ends up being the touchdown drive to Ertz, the one that was reviewed and, and you know deemed a touchdown. But that was a huge play. It, it is. It, it's, you can make an argument for either one. That keeps the drive alive. The Eagles get the, 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 the go-ahead touchdown, and then they end up getting the field goal after the strip sack that made it eight where, best case, the Patriots could only tie it. But they were two monstrous, monstrous plays. Let's go to Rob in Doylestown. Rob, you're on 94 to BIP. Uh, Gabe Kapler's situation, uh, according to the Washington Post, uh, is just he's going from – if he wasn't on the hot seat before, he is now. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really uh, – and people should sit down and read the whole story, but there's a lot to it. There's a lot of layers. It does not paint Gabe or the Dodgers organization in a real good light. He tr- essentially, this girl got either physically or sexually assaulted. I, that part was kind of murky, whatever. 
Uh, her grandmother alerts the authorities. They alert the Dodgers, and Gabe tries to set up a, a dinner meeting with the players and the girl. Uh, it, it's it's and again, Gabe says he was acting, you know, on on Dodgers orders. But it's it's not a good look at all. No, it's a kind of a Joe Paterno look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, except except you know, Paterno and, uh, was 106. You know, uh, Gabe is. Uh, let's speculate and say that uh, that makes uh, the Jimmy Rollins signing uh, a little more interesting. I, how are you tying Rollins in? I don't. I don't. Uh, potential manager. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Jim, I, the, the first thing Jimmy said he wanted to do was golf a lot in Florida. I don't know if Jimmy wants to dedicate that kind of time, but yeah, you know, who knows? I don't think okay, they're setting Rob, up thanks. game for failure. You got it, Rob. I, I don't think I don't read that. that. That's not what I read into that. But yeah, it's not a good look for sure. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four pound nine four nine four on your AT and T and Verizon cell. Give Simmons props. Sixers playing extremely well right now. Super Bowl. Look, a little bit of time left <laughs> while the Eagles are still the defending champions. Where were you when the clock struck zero and your Philadelphia Eagles were the actual champs, Super Bowl champs? For the first time, NFL champions for the first time since 1960. Where were you? We can talk some Phillies. Are you getting like me? Are you getting a little, little squirrely like me when it comes to Machado and Harper here? Flyers, their props. We got a lot to talk about. 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. I am Rob Ellis. We'll come back. Continue with your phone calls. WIP Sports Time is 841. 844, Rob Ellis in for Howard Eskin. Howard down at the Super Bowl on this Saturday. I'm taking you up till 10 o'clock. Got Glenn and Ray at that time. Yeah, I mean, I, I just heard the, uh, the the promo for the Carson Wentz event, the softball event, which he did last year as well, May 31st. So I wonder, will he be playing softball in that game? I mean, think about it. That's a... You're pretty well removed. The the back injury was what December, January, February, March. Yeah, should be good to go. But I I guarantee you, if he's playing in that game, there will be people complaining. Hey, he shouldn't be playing, man. He's going to hurt his back. Shouldn't be playing softball. I, I, it's always something to keep your eye on. But Howard alluded or hinted to something coming out this week, where Carson addressed some of his teammates. Who knows? Look here. Here's the way I I viewed the Carson story from Joe Sanliquido. I said this before, I'll say it again. I don't think Joe makes up sources. But I wasn't particularly bothered by it. Number one, people are always disgruntled. Like, you're always going to find someone who can complain about something, even when things are going extremely well. And and locker rooms and, and professional sports teams are no different, right? So, all right, so a couple guys sounded off. Number two, I want my quarterback to be an alpha. I do. I, I want him to. Now, I'm not saying be some disagreeable guy with the coaches and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know about any of that. But I want him to be a guy who feels like he's the man. You know, you, you don't want some, I don't know. I'm not really sure. No, you want the guy who's going to take command. And I'm a firm believer, if he stays healthy, that he will be that guy. Let's go to Bob and Delran. Bob, you're on 94 to BIP. Bob, let's go to John in Southwest Philly. What's up, John? Hey, hey, how's it going? Good, man. Well, uh, I have a couple of comments. If you, if you, uh, yeah, I have a couple of comments. If you give me a minute, uh, actually, I find myself agreeing with Howard a lot this morning. 
Uh, I'm not. I you don't feeling have, all right, John? I know. I know it's strange, but <laughs> I, I don't have a big problem with 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 Goodell, with uh, Roger Goodell. It seems like it's it's just become so it's become fashionable to complain about the commissioner. I mean. I mean, the NFL isn't part of the public sector, and it's not going to operate that way. Well, but I disagree with you there. It may not be part of the public sector, but if there isn't an NFL, if it's not for the public. I mean, that again? There isn't an NFL if it isn't for the public. Showing up, going to the games, buying the product, there isn't an NFL, and Goodell's not making $40 million if it's not for the public. So he does owe the public. I well, disagree well, with you there. Well, he, he, he's making $40 million because he makes – because he makes money for his bosses, his owners. Right. That's why he makes forty billion. Do the right? Do the owners have teams if it's not for the public? Uh, no, they don't. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, yeah. Okay. I, I, I'll I'll concede that, but I, I don't have a. I you know, I still I think I believe they'll just you know become fast. The the only issue you I know. had, John, and I said this to Howard. The only issue I had was when he said uh, we did make it public. You didn't make it public. You talked mm-hmm. to Sean Payton directly. There should have been some kind of statement from the commissioner's office that week. That's okay. I mean, okay. whatever. The rest of it, who cares? Right. Let me go. Yeah. Let me go a little bit. Just a, let me go just a little bit further, because all the smack that the Saints talked, I couldn't care less that they yeah. got burnt by that ball. Oh no, yeah. it was enjoyable. Don't as Eagles fans with those the way the, all the stuff all the the whole year with from the first meeting to the second meeting. To the scheme mass, to Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, all the yeah. yapping they did. Yeah, I, I oh, took yeah. I took glee in it. It was it was great. <laughs> okay, good. Well, well yeah, we, we agree there. Uh, now, something. Uh, give me a second. You know, and I can't think of it. All right, uh, all right it's all right, John. Okay. No, okay. no problem. Oh, all right. Okay. Thanks for letting me. You got me it, in. brother. You got it. Okay. Thanks, man. All right. Yeah. I mean, I again, was it the end of the world? And, and by the way, I don't have any kind of expectation other than the way that Roger Goodell handled it, meaning poorly. (laughs) That's what I expect from him. Whenever there's a major issue, he generally goes the wrong way on these. He's either in hiding or he doesn't have a good feel for it or whatever. And the problem with Super Bowl press conferences in general of of any sort, it's a circus. You're getting the little kid asking the question. You're getting the Spanish network girl hot girl asking questions. You're getting all this other craziness. There's, there's usually people who don't cover sports who are just going to ask something goofy. You know, and, and that's what you get, and that's fine, and you know what going in. So I don't expect any kind of enlightening answers out of anybody, in particular the commissioner, in that setting. But again, the only thing I really took umbrage with was, was the fact that he said we, we made it public. You didn't make it public. You had a conversation with the coach who you had to have a conversation with after a horrendous missed call. But you didn't come out, and your people didn't come out and say anything. So, you know, that's the only part. But other than that, you know, whatever. And that, that's not even where I'm, I'm focused at this point because I expect nothing out of him, quite frankly. 888-729-9494. Let's go to Larry in Ridley Park. What's up, Larry? Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good, Larry. How are you? It's always good to speak with you, especially at Delco Boy. Pleasure, man. What's going on? Rob, I will be disappointed as a Phillies fan if we don't get either. I will be very disappointed, and I think I can speak for most of the fan base. We will be because that's all the talk was, Rob, Mm -hmm. is that they had the money this year to go after a top free agent, and if they don't get it done, I think it will be disappointment. Yeah, Larry, I think that you are are speaking for the the 
vast majority of people. When the owner comes out and says we're gonna we're gonna spend crazy money, when you know the team's in on the two premier free agents who are both twenty six years old, and you know the team has plenty of money to spend, yeah, the expectation should be that one of those guys lands here. And you know, I, I, the way you view this thing right now, I've said it all well for the last three four weeks when this thing's become a lot clearer. Harper and Machado haven't gotten the kind of offers they thought they were going to get. So they're going to ride this thing out till the very last minute, till possibly into spring training. And they're using teams like the Padres as patsies to try to raise the bar. I would worry about the Nats still being in on, on Harper. I, Howard's worried about the Yankees grabbing Machado. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Um, but it just does sort of feel weird right now. And maybe it's just the fact that we're getting closer to the finish line of spring training or whatever. But... To lose out on both of these guys, the the fans aren't going to care about Gene Segura or Andrew McCutcheon or David Robertson. They're not. I mean, it's just that's just the reality. Even though they did make themselves better, hey, Rob. I mean, basically, could you imagine having Harper in right in a few years, having uh, uh, Trout in uh, center field? Could you imagine having that? Yeah, I mean, look, Larry, it would be the ultimate dream come true. The problem is, if you're the Phillies, you can't operate in the waiting game for Trout. You have to do what's right now and build your team right now. And if that happens down the line, great, because there's no guarantees of anything. Could there possibly, Rob, would would the Angels be interested in our minor league system and any three, any player except for three on our team, which would be Nola, uh, uh, Kenry, and uh, Bright, um, Reese? i got to tell you, Larry, for me, there's no untouchables if you can get Trout. Anybody. That goes for everybody you just said. Do you think if they fail to get either one, they could start discussions with the Angels? Um, Here's what it comes down to for me. The Angels are trying to extend him. If he doesn't sign the extension this offseason or early into next season, that's a very good sign for the Phillies that maybe he's he's had just about enough in Anaheim. Maybe that's the case. I mean, that's the way that I would read into it. Because if you're Mike Trout, Larry, you've done everything you can possibly humanly do as a player you've done everything and and yet you've made one postseason appearance in your career well i like i said i just uh, i just bought a six-pack rob and for me and that was the actually that was the day before this rumor came out that you know harper was going to sign i i had nothing to do with it i was going to do it anyway but for me now it will be disappointment no i and, and i understand larry thanks man good talking to you i, I look i get it I get it from a fan's perspective. That's the danger of the owner who, you know, we all love the aggression, and the aggression's great, but you better be able to close it. Like, you can't just dangle that out there for people and not end up signing one of these guys. There's just going to be a high level of frustration. There's no doubt. All right, a lot of things on the table. Super Bowl. And when we need to dig into this. We got, I've gotten some good tweets on this, and I'll read them when we get back. But I need to know where you were when the clock struck zero where exactly you were, what the reaction was for yourself, the feeling, the feeling for the people around you. I I need details of where you were when the clock struck zero just about a year ago today, off a couple of days, but a year ago today when the Eagles won their first Super Bowl. And the Sixers team, and I'll give you the stretch that they're in right now, these games, and the way that they have been playing. We need to get into this because – Maybe they're starting to figure it out a little bit. I mean, they won against Golden State, who had won 11 in a row. They're at their place. Steph Curry hits 10 threes. 
and Jimmy Butler does nothing, and they still win the game, and we're creeping up on the trade deadline on Thursday. We can talk Phillies. We can talk Flyers. There's a lot on the table. This 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 very strange and disturbing Gabe Kapler story, which uh, originated from the Washington Post. Matt Breen wrote about it today for Philly.com. We can get into that as well. 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon. So we'll get you in. We'll clear out a couple of lines. I am Rob Ellis in for Howard Eskin. WIP Sports Time is 8.55. 9 o'clock hour. Welcome back, everybody. Rob Ellis in for Howard Eskin on this Saturday. Howard's down at the Super Bowl. We checked in with him a little bit earlier in the show. At about 9.40, Mark Lawrence will be joining us uh, to discuss all the Super Bowl bets, the prop bets, you name it across the board. I got some strange stuff I'm going to throw at him. All right, some some bizarre ones that I've gotten. Um Everything from the the halftime performance from Maroon 5, shoe color for Adam Levine, their lead singer, how many cutaways we're going to see of Bon Jovi, over-under on the national anthem with Gladys Knight, you name it. We'll hit them with all those weird things as well as just the game straight up, the over-under, odds to win the MVP. I'll give you who I really like to win the MVP. It's a bit of a long shot. Could make you some bucks. So we'll throw a lot of stuff at Mark coming up at 9 o'clock. But naturally, we're talking about the Super Bowl itself, where you were a year ago today when the clock struck zero, when the Eagles won that Super Bowl, where you were. So we'll get into that. Sixers playing extremely well. So I just mentioned this, and we'll get right back to the phones when it comes to the Sixers. So you looked at this stretch that they had, and you thought, oh, boy, man, considering the way it began at home, and then you go on the West Coast, which is always a difficult thing for an East Coast team, that this would really be sort of a defining time for them, right? And, and, and a defining stretch for them. So they started off January 13th. They win at New York in an ugly fashion, and then they come home and they beat up on the T-Wolves. Then they beat the Pacers at that point that still had Oladipo. So there's three in a row. They have a real tough loss, a game they should have won against Oklahoma City. They beat Harden and the Rockets. They beat the Spurs, who beat up on them the last time they played them in San Antonio. Then they sit, Embiid is sitting and Butler's out, and they lose to Denver. Okay, understandable. Last Saturday. But then they go on to beat the Lakers. Yes, they're without LeBron and Ball, but who cares? And then, of course, Thursday night, they beat Golden State without Klay Thompson, but still with a team filled with all-stars. This has been a really good stretch so far. They close it out tonight against Sacramento. Then they come home for Toronto, Denver, the Lakers, and Boston. But so far, really, really good for the Sixers. Really good. All right, So, I, but I need to know where you were. Take me inside where you were when the Eagles won that Super Bowl that a lot of us thought we might not ever see. Let's go to Carl in Burlington County. Carl, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, Rob, how are you? It's always a pleasure to speak to you. It's better than speaking to the King. Carl, I'm great, man. Um, how you doing? Very well. Listen, I got a great story. I have a man cave, so every time the Eagles score, I have a bell that I ring or anybody with me. We were at a Super Bowl party with a bunch of friends and a few older people. Uncle Hank was the one I gave the bell to. So every time the Eagles scored, he rang the bell. But this is the classic, and I filmed this, and I still have it. I'm filming the end of the game, and I'm watching the TV, and you can see everybody stand up. And you can see the the ball get knocked down. I knew it it was over. Well, everybody started screaming, and Uncle Hank is looking for the bell because he jumped up to Eagles 1, and he grabbed the bell, started ringing it, and I knew my Super Bowl dream has come true 
because I saw all these people screaming. But just the look on this guy's face, he's probably 85. Yeah. When he grabbed that bell and he started ringing, and everybody's looking at him with that smile, knowing that we got our first ring. It was it just, I can tell you, it was a memorable moment because all my family and my friends were there. And you could see the people jumping up. I don't know about you, but, like, the people in front of the TV, they're standing up when the ball went up. And Brady got it to the end zone. Oh, that he did? Was what me well, he, he escapes Brandon Graham, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, no. Uh, this, can't, this can't. This, this would be so Philadelphia that they score on a Hail Mary and convert the two-point conversion, and you were going to overtime. I, I mean, that would have been so. But I, I'm, uh, I'm, when that ball hit the ground and there weren't any flags, I just exhaled. I mean, I I, I I was in a like a state of mind like, oh my god! Because here's a, the, the, you paint a great picture. Yes. Your uncle Hank, right. he never thought he never thought he was going to see another championship. He probably remembers sixty. He thought he'd never see another one. People, right. you know, my age never thought they would ever see one. And then I'm just glad the younger generation won't have to walk around with the stigma of, well, how many rings do you have? Like they don't even right. have to deal with that. That's what's my awesome daughter, about this. My daughter, you know, everybody was there. My wife. But my a very good friend of mine was sitting right next to me. And after we saw we won, we looked at each other, we hugged each other, and it was like, just for that moment, it was like, you know, hugging your best friend, it was like the greatest feeling in the world. And then everybody's hugging it like it was New Year's Eve. Yeah. High-fiving. Oh, and but except way better. Ringing the bell. There is ringing the bell. There's not a New Year's Eve that even touches that, man. But I hear you. Not even. Not even close. Yep. Not even close. So, thanks for taking oh, my you call got out. It. That was a great one. Awesome. Awesome. And that's why I, I thought that'd be a fun thing to do today, man. Let's enjoy it. Like, it was an up-and-down season. Yes, the Eagles fought back. Ultimately ended in disappointment with the Jeffrey play this past year. But well, we still got a couple days here in the city. we got today and tomorrow. Let's enjoy it. Let's savor it. All right. So, we got some great ones. Right back to the phones. Great ones on, on Twitter. You can tweet me at RLS Sports. Um, Alvin. I was at a friend's house, clock struck zero. I was overcome with happiness and emotion, thinking the Eagles finally did it. Living in Patriots country in Vermont, looked forward to going to work the next day, getting my pound of flesh on the Patriots fans, and did. That's very cool. Kevin Keenan, one of our great producers here. I was sitting at the end of the bar stool at the upstairs uh, bar at, I want to make sure I'm getting this right, CJ and X. Okay, so he's at CJ and X, and of course everybody's superstitious, Nobody moved from where they were sitting or standing till the end of the game. I can relate to that. I'm that guy, 100%. That guy, where I I will stay in the same spot. I remember when I was a kid and Tommy Green throw a no hitter in in Montreal in the early 90s, and I was home from school that day and I sat in the exact same spot the entire game. Probably five people in Montreal for that game, but that was yeah. I'm the same exact way. Let's go to Bob and Del Ram. We got Bob back up. What's up, Bob? solution, but I don't think he'll do it because he won't do it, and because I hate to say it, he's a millennial, and he has his own mind, and he's a kid. Uh, for Ben Simmons to take the next step is, we got the best shooting coach in the country, in the, or the world probably, Herb McGee. He needs to fire his brother. Fire him. Fire him. Go to McGee. Work on the shot. If you really want to be the best, like a Michael Jordan-ish type of like attitude, like, I'm going to do what I need to do, you need to do that. I, I, he probably won't because it's family. I would say, look, here's two hundred grand. Move on. Well, I, uh, I, w- I would like to see him. I would like a, a fresh voice. I agree with you in that sense. And the, why won't he do it? Well, why can't, can the Sixers force him and go go to him and let no, him? No, I don't think he can force him ultimately. And why would he do it at loyalty? I mean, it's his brother. I don't know. But I mean, yeah. I, but what about I, being the best? Yeah, Bob, I hear you. And I, and I, if you watch him shoot, the elbow still comes out, and that's the problem. I mean, but he does so many I other mean, things well. 
if he well, can just make that a decent, honorable component. What I mean by honorable is that the people are going to come uh, out and think he's a threat. And that's all he needs to do. He doesn't need Rob, to be Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, Rob. And one other thing that I think hurts them into convincing him is, and I hate, and I like Brett Brown, but he's close with the family. Yeah. So I'm sure he doesn't, and that hurts. I mean, if I was, now I would love, I know well, you're that's where, El- that's where Elton Brand comes into play. Well, take it out of Brett's hands. I, I would like you to talk to Brand and ask him point blank, is there anything you can say to him to get his brother out of the equation and get McGee or one of the big time pies to work with him for the better bit of the franchise? Brand can relate to the kid probably or pro- probably better, but. Could you ask him that? Why won't he do it? Yeah, I hear And I think it's legit, Bob, and thanks, man. You know, the thing is, and I hear you, and it's definitely a shortcoming. It's definitely an issue, and we're going to see in the playoffs when it's a lot more half-court basketball. And as Howard mentioned a little bit earlier, they're potentially fouling him, that kind of thing. No doubt. But I, I, I think because there is that that giant elephant that's always kind of hanging there in the room, we tend to overlook sometimes how many things he does well. You know, the vision that he has, the way that even though he didn't show much of this in college and the one year at LSU, he's turned into a really effective defender. I mean, you saw it in the, it was on full display the other night in Golden State. There's a lot of things he does extremely well. He's become more aggressive. His footwork with his back to the basket and the post has become better. And he's a good finisher with both hands. There's a lot of things he does well. Yes, there is a shortcoming there. I'm never... I'll never be one to to ignore that or not acknowledge it. Absolutely. He does have to get better. I would not mind a fresh voice. I, and I think Bob, you know, Bob makes a point. I would like to see that. The offseason is going to be a big one for him to take himself to that next level. He's an all-star now. But I hope he doesn't just get satisfied with that. Let's go to Brian and King of Prussia. What's up, Brian? Hey, Rob. Good to talk to you. Thanks, man. You too. Cool. So when you posed the question to everybody about where we were on Super Bowl, I had had to call in. Um, I had my dad over and then a few other people. Um, and there was nothing extravagant about that story, but I, I think um, what was going through my head was probably similar to what yours and everyone else's was. Um, when that ball was in the air, I was thinking about all the memes from Giants, Cowboys, and <laughs> Redskins fans about all the divisions in the Super Bowl yep. of Super Bowl wins, how the Eagles have zero. Rings. So the, the word about, rings came to mind. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about the loss to Tampa, the loss to Carolina. Yep. All that was flashing through my eyes, and then when I saw the ball hit the turf and there were no flags, I just I was jumping around like an idiot. Like people videoed my reaction. Um, yeah, it was. It, it was. It was. I. It was, it you was know what it was, Brian? Ecstasy. It was pure <laughs> ecstasy. Is a great way to put it. You, yeah. What it was. And I think this also applies to the parade. When you build something up in your head, it's really hard sometimes for the reality to meet that expectation, right? You you know how it is. It doesn't matter what Mm -hmm. it is. It's a job. It's a a girlfriend. It's it's whatever. You build this thing up, and you build it up, build it up, and then it never lives up to the hype that you had in your own head. This not only lived up to it, it exceeded it. It was better, even though you dreamed of it as an Eagles fan your whole life, it was even better than you dreamed of. Absolutely. It was, I, in my opinion, it's the best football game ever. And I, to, to do it against Brady and Belichick, it just, it's just the cherry on top. But you think about it. You're right. You avenged the loss to the yeah. team that took you down, whatever it was, uh, 13 years before. You avenged the loss. Mm-hmm. You do it against 
I don't think there's much argument anymore, but if there is, whatever. Against the greatest coach and greatest quarterback, arguably the greatest yeah. player in the history of the NFL, you do it against them, you do it on the grandest of stage where it's like a heavyweight fight and you're standing in the middle of the ring and nobody's dancing, you're Absolutely. just throwing haymakers. And, and in that fashion, it was unbelievable. Yeah, they, they came up huge, and there are very few times where our teams come up huge, and they, they did it. Right, they did it, and, and yeah. at every moment when they had to answer, they answered. Foles makes huge plays left and right. The defense, even though they couldn't do yeah. much the whole game, the one time they had to have it, they had it. The kicker exactly. hits a 48-yarder, which we you know we didn't even think about at this point, to make it an eight-point game. There were just so many different things that happened along the way. Doug, with with you know coaching with straight-up stones the entire right. game, going for it on that fourth down that we talked about a little bit earlier in the show, or the Philly special, or whatever. I mean, every single moment was unreal. It really it feels like a dream in a lot of ways. It does. Now, I, I can't watch the highlights too many times. <laughs> I'm with you. Every, Brian, thanks, man. Good stuff. I, yeah. See, that's why I wanted to do this today. I, I, want to, I want to go back to that moment because sports are all about memories, right? That's why you do you, Yes, you love it in the moment, and we're, when you're in the moment, you're captivated, and it's, it's your heart's racing or you're, you're dejected or whatever, but you just love the rush of the moment. But the good thing is, and, and there, there are scars that go along with this too, and we got plenty of them in this town. But to have those kind of moments, to have the kind of moment where Brad Lidge strikes out Arikinski and hits his knees and everybody comes charging in, to have that moment where that ball gets batted to the ground, there's no flags, and you say, to you, oh, my God, they really did it. They actually did it. Like, that's what it's all about. Robin Overbrook. What's going on, Rob? What's up, Rob? How you doing today? Good, man. How are you? Uh, pretty good, man. You know, I got a, a couple of bones to pick here. Not with you specifically, but I want to talk about the Eagles and the Sixers. Uh, I mean, the Phillies and the Sixers real quick. Right. Um, and then my, my Super Bowl thing. Uh, the Phillies. I don't, you know what, to hear WIP, a lot of you guys on that station talk about these two guys. Machado and Harper, like getting these guys to automatically give us ten World Series rings. It, it's not true, man. You need you guys need to stop misleading the fans. These guys, they're good players. That's all they are. They're not generational. They're not going to make automatically bolt us to the top of the heap. I mean, look what Bryce Harper did in Washington. He never won a, a World Series there, and he was on stacked teams. And it was sometimes it was on him to come through, and he didn't. Look what he did last year. He hit two, what, two forty or something. He had a terrible first half and a good second half. Yeah. And, and this guy is worth four hundred, three hundred million dollars. Yeah, but Rob, that's it, but, but a couple things. That that's the market, though. Well, I'm, you know, me and the rest of the host aren't setting the market for what he's making. The well, point yes, is, yes, you are because no, you're, you're, no, we're you're, you're, not. No, we're really not. The, Rob, the point is, you got it. Up the fervor. What you and, want to do is get as many good players as you can get. Now, if you get either Harper or Machado to go with. McCutcheon to go with Segura to go with hopefully a number two, then that's how you build a team. Yeah, it isn't one guy, no doubt. No, you, but you, you don't, got you don't you build ahead. a team. You you build a team like the Houston Astros did. You draft well and you win the world. Rob, the history of baseball has proven <clears throat> that doesn't work. When you get these uh, twenty five, thirty million guys, dolly guys a year, what team has won the World Series? <clears throat> With one of those type of guys. And then you talk about Mike Trout. Well, you know what? They have him and they had uh, Terry Pujols, a $290 million guy, and they have a one squat. 
you haven't t- you don't touch the playoffs. Yes. So no, I, know, Rob, please don't- understand. Understand where I'm coming from. Okay, I get you, and, and you got to build a team. There's no doubt. That's yeah, part of this. Thing. It's not. not this- well, okay. Well, what are we supposed to do, Rob? Not talk about two guys who are 26 who could potentially be great players for you? Should we just not talk no, about Harper Machado? Be we could be honest. Who's lying? Be, Who's lying? WIP, you could be honest about it. Say, look, these guys are these guys are not generational players. They're good players. They're not great players. They're not going to go. See, I, I, I disagree. Person. See, I I think first of all, they're only twenty six. But what these, does that mean? It, it means they have a lot more years in front of them to become great players. Markel That's what it means. Fultz is only twenty, and he stinks. You're so really are you really comparing Markel Fultz to those two guys? Well, you talk about age, like they, like these guys are going to hit five hundred home runs in the next ten years. You don't know that, right? Don't you don't know. know you don't know the other way either, Rob. Yeah, but I, but history will prove gives me more ammunition right, we'll the find other out. way than the way you, we'll find you know, out the way you're talking about. I mean, the Phillies can be a good team with some of the you know getting a couple of more good players, getting uh, getting some good pitching. Yeah, Rob, but that, but here's the thing. And, and, Everybody and knows that. Rob, you're stating the obvious that you need pitching. Of course you do. I just said to you, I said before before I brought you up, I said they need to get a number two. They don't have a number two. They have Nola, who's a stud, and ev- they're littered with question marks in their rotation. They have got to Rob, upgrade their rotation. I would rather see that $300 million spent on two good pit- a two and a three, and some good good bullpen help in another bat. Hey, That's f- all. hey look, fa- and, and, fair and enough. Will, and, fair and enough. And they will compete. They will compete and win their division. The- but everybody, you know, this guy Harper and Machado, they're like drugs now. And everybody needs that fix. Yeah. Everybody wakes up every morning. I need. What, what are these guys doing? The, I need, the, but here's know, the point, guys- Rob. Here's the point. If you, and thanks, man. If you can get a player of that caliber, and we disagree with how good they both can potentially be and have been, but if they can get those kind of guys to supplement around the rest of the players that they have. Yeah, I no doubt. I'm a firm believer that you build through your farm system. Houston's a great example of it. Boston, although they've, they've implemented and supplemented with guys like J.D. Martinez and other players here and there, for the most part, they've built this thing through their farm system. And you look at the 08 team, that was built through the farm system. But you add some pieces here and there, worth whatnot. Sure, absolutely, no doubt. But if you have an opportunity now to grab a a player of the caliber of Harper or Machado, and money is not an object according to your owner, then you need to land one of those guys. Plain and simple. This is not some rental. This is not some guy who's way past his prime, who's you know 33 years old. They're both young. That's why I bring their age up. And with the numbers that they've put up thus far in their career, if they continue at this level for, say, another 10 years, which is very likely to get to 36, they will both be Hall of Famers. Now, does that ensure that the Phillies win a World Series with them? No. But please, don't don't sell me on these guys aren't good players. Let's go to Ron and King of Prussia. What's up, Ron? Morning, Robbie. Hey, brother. How are you? I'm doing good, Val. Uh, you know what? I agree with that, dude. Okay, and I'll get off it because you know how I feel. All right. You're in favor of, of, of not going after Machado Harper? Well, you know, you guys are just got way out of way over the top with this. I mean, what's the matter? Why aren't we going after that catcher? Why, yeah, that I, catcher? I I love Real Muto. I, I, well, in a uh, yeah, but you know what? Nobody's talking about it. We got to have you. I, you know what? I don't even want to talk about it. I want to talk about where I was with the birds. You know, that was yeah, the question. It. Okay, Lankinol. You were in the I hospital. You. I see you. I got in there. Uh, 
I got in there about uh, after right after the first week of January. I okay. was in ICU, and I was just coming out of it. Uh, and uh, to start off, I had the birds every week. Every week I hit them hard, 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 hard. And then, like everybody else, when Wentz went down, I was inconsolable, okay? Mm -hmm. But then I, I had the week to get my, my head together, and I, I just jumped right back on them. So I rode them out, and I also, I felt like you did. I felt like that we were, this is it. This is our time. They're playing good. Simplify this game, and let's just pound the hell out of them. You know what I mean? Yep. And he did. Mm -hmm. He did. I couldn't believe it, but he did it. Okay? And then I was like, well, okay. hold on, Ron. Let's go back to your set. Were you able, like, were you well enough to watch it? Did you have the TV set up just, in your room? I, I was just well enough to watch it. Okay. They came in and told me that they were going to turn they were going to turn the TV off because my heart monitor and all that stuff kept going off. Oh, is that right? They were that worried yeah. about you? Just oh my yeah, God. yeah, wow. yeah. But it's 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 even funnier because I was in the ICU for for well over three weeks, and I'm telling you, you it was like a morgue in there. All you heard was bells buzzers, whistles, and that's it. You didn't hear nothing. When that Super Bowl started by the second quarter, the place was like a riot, okay, up and down the hallway. Family members, it, it was nuts. So, anyways, uh, you know, I knew they were going to win, just like you. I said, this is it. So I hit him hard, and then I said, well, if he wins, Foles has to be the MVP. I banged that profit. Uh, that prop bet, but the best part was, Rob, my son was with me to watch this game. He and I, they brought him in a lazy boy. They nice. brought him in pillows. They brought him in blankets, and it was it was I was fine, uh, other than you know the little bit of yeah yeah the heart, the heart yeah, racing. Yeah, a yeah, bit, yeah, I was fine until they went up by three. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That that's when I I was like, oh my god! And my kids over there, he's thirty one. He was thirty yeah. at the time, right? And he's sitting there, and he's, I'm like, he, he's hiding underneath the covers. Every time something <laughs> bad happened, I look over, and he's got the covers over yeah, his head, yep. just like he was a little boy right. when watching a scary yeah, movie. It takes, you, it takes you back to that, doesn't uh, it? Uh, oh, it's, it's nuts. So, uh, so right. I said to him, I said to him, I said, Woody, we were both getting ready to move, and we're going to get together and, and move in together. Yeah. And uh, I, I said, okay, well, where do you want to, where do you want to live? You know, because I had so much. The, the prop bet was twenty to one. That yeah, yeah, you, you you did all right. Yeah, you did all right. I did real. I, I did got real you. good. They they did me good last year. Good job. But good stuff. It was it was a moment. It was a moment that I shared with my son, and I almost I, you know I don't want to get dramatic, but I almost died in there. No, they, no, that's a big deal. Say, yeah, it, it was it was a big deal. And then if you compound it with all the years of heartbreak, and and with with this team. You know, and, and, you know, the love for this team. This team runs deep, deep. It's not about money, man, for the fans, not with this no, team. No, it's, I, it's not. I it's, agree. I, they, agree. I mean, they live, the Eagles live in houses. Yeah. They live in people's houses. It's, 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 it's crazy. Ron, good but stuff. I, I love the story, man. I appreciate you taking us inside. I'm glad you're feeling better, brother. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting better. All right, right, man. You got it. Later. Thanks. 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon. Tell if you're just tuning in, we're going back. A year ago in time, where were you when the clock struck zero and your Philadelphia Eagles were Super Bowl champs? We're also talking Sixers, how well they're playing of late. Ben Simmons stepping his game up now on All-Star. 
Phillies, the Harper Machado thing, I don't know. It's just dragging on so much. Maybe it's just starting to play mind games with me a little bit. And we haven't talked much about this. I brought it up several times. The Gabe Kapler story. Now, Matt Breen's got it today, Philly.com. It's a Washington Post uh, story that initially that when he was with the Dodgers organization, there was an assault that occurred with a young lady, physical assault. And it, it sounds a lot like either Gabe or the Dodgers organization really tried to brush this thing under the rug a little bit. So we can talk about that if you've read it as well. 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. I am Rob Ellis in for Howard Eskin. WIP Sports Time is 923. 926, welcome back, everybody. Rob Ellis with you. I got you till 10 at that time. It is Glenn McDowell and Ray Didinger coming to you from Delaware Park. I'm in for Howard Eskin today, who is at the Super Bowl coming up in about 13 minutes. We'll be talking to Mark Lawrence. He will give you all the picks for Super Bowl 53 between the Patriots and the Rams. Patriots, two-and-a-half-point favorites. It hasn't really moved a whole lot, that line. Uh, 56-and-a-half is your over-under. We'll get right back to the phones and where you were when the clock struck zero last year for the Eagles, Sixers, the whole thing. We get the trade deadline in the NBA coming up February 7th. There's been a lot of interesting you know, occurrences this week, including Anthony Davis telling the Pelicans he wants out. The Porzingis trade to Dallas, which I thought was a bad trade for New York, considering what they got back. But you know, let me throw one more in there, and he's a free agent at the end of the uh, end of the season. Can someone explain to me exactly? why Kyrie Irving is so pissed off. Like, you got what you wanted, man. You wanted out of LeBron's shadow in Cleveland, and they send you to a contender, to a team that can win it. They get you there. You say earlier in the season that you want to resign with Boston. You said it. Not anybody else. Nobody put words in your mouth. You said it. Then you say yesterday in shoot-around that you're going to do what's best for you. I don't owe anybody anything. And you wonder why the media reacts. It's gotten so out of control in the NBA. So out of control. It's unbelievable. Like, I get it. There's no loyalty from the owners. Players got to do what they got to do. They got to do what's best for them. Right? And then last night, Anthony Davis's father says he doesn't want his son playing in Boston because of the way that they treated Isaiah Thomas. Like, what the hell is going on here, man? I mean, it's unbelievable. But it is going to be interesting to see what happens with the Sixers here, what kind of deal they can pull off if they can get one of these guys who would be a buyout casualty to upgrade. They certainly are thin. We know that as well as they played of late. They are in need of upgrading this roster, that's for sure, if they want to get out of the East with Toronto, with Milwaukee, and you know, with Boston. Some people want to write Boston off. I'm not writing them off. But they have got to certainly get more depth, that's for sure. Let's go to Anthony in South Philly. Anthony, you're on 94 to the IP. Anthony, Hello. what's up, Anthony? Good, man. Oh, man. Just two quick points before I talk about the birds where I was. Um, Kyrie's upset, man, because he wanted to go to New York and play with Porzingis. Now, he's, now you know, the Knicks stink. You see that? Watch that game last night? Terrible. Yeah, it's awful. But, I mean, it's like, okay, dude, you, you wanted out of Cleveland. They sent you to Boston where you can win. And now you're not happy there. It's like. And no, I, I, I can't. I, look, he's a great player, but man, I can't stand the guy. But oh, yeah, he's, he's a moody. He's, he's a moody guy yeah, for uh, other, other words. You know what I mean? Um, as far as Harper and Machado, man, um, I, I feel like the other card, I mean, all the callers, they were leading on to something. Um, 
I think you guys should talk more about some other free agents who can help the Phils. You know, you guys are more knowledgeable than the fans, and um, you have an obligation to be more objective when it comes to that. You know what I mean? But, yeah, but I don't. I, no, so, Anthony, you're wrong. We, we don't have. We don't have to do. We can talk about whatever we want to talk about. There, there, there's no. We don't have to be fair and balanced. We don't have to talk about certain guys. We talk about what people want to talk about. And I got news right. for you. When you're out on the right. street, there aren't people talking about A.J. Pollock. They're talking about <laughs> Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. So we talk well, about, about what the people catcher? want to talk about. What about that catcher? Um, yeah, Real Muto. I love him. Yeah, Muto. Yeah. I, I love him. I would love to see him come here. The problem is the Phillies have stated flat out, we think Jorge Alfaro is our guy. Man, this, this guy, he has no defense, man. I agree. We, we watch this guy. Yeah, and I agree with you. I would love, right. I would love to have Real Muto here. But when the organization tells you that we're going with Jorge Alfaro, okay. I mean, I could sit here and, and pound my head in the wall saying Real Muto all I want. Harper and, and Machado were realistic. I don't think Real Muto is here. Yeah, I hear you. So, um, I drive, I drive every Sunday over to Willingboro, New Jersey to watch watch the games with my uh, grandpa and my grandma. They're in their 90s, man. My grandpa's 94, just turned 94, uh, the 28th of, of January. Wow, God bless. That's awesome. Yeah, man, it, it's a tradition. I always want to watch it with my boys, but I feel like I just can't break the tradition. You know what I mean? I know I, what you I mean, yeah. I watch it with my boys when, when they're gone. Right. You know what I mean? I, but, it's a great way to look at it. I agree. You know, so, man. Um, are they, are they so still unreal, are they still man. with it? And, and are they still with it and into it? and, and, and the Oh, whole... man, yeah. Good. Yeah. That's great. When that ball hit the ground, my grandpa, it's kind of hard for him to jump up, man, but he jumped up like a spring chicken, <laughs> man. And he, we high-fived, we hugged, tears were coming down our eyes, man. I, I didn't think we were ever going to see one. It was amazing. It was so surreal. My, my, uh, my uncle, who's an exec for Boeing, he went to the game. He FaceTimed us while the confetti was still coming down, man. Oh, man, it was amazing. That's what it's all it about. It was amazing. That's what it's all about, man. You're going to have that. Your grandfather's got it. Man, it, it you're never going to regret. You will never, ever regret spending time with so them. Surreal. Never. It was so surreal. Man. Yep. I, I would never forget that moment. You know what I mean? And Good that's for something you. that I have that I could take to the grave. I could tell my kids about. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, oh, man, it, it was a blessing. It was a blessing, Good for you. Man. You know what Good I mean? Good for you. Keep it going, man. As long as you can keep it going, go over there and watch the games with them. That's great. Thank you. Thank all right, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get this. You guys shouldn't be talking about Harper and Machado. Like I get it, you might get fatigue of it if it's too much. But we're really not going to talk about two guys who are in their prime, who could potentially bring this team another World Series. And I don't think anybody's saying, "Hey, that's all they need." If the Phillies get Harper, they're world champs. I don't think anybody's saying that. But if you can land that kind of piece, that kind of impactful piece on your team. That's a big deal. And, and ask yourself when you're out, right, and you're, you're at the deli, you're at the bar, you're at work. Who are people talking about when it comes to Major League Baseball free agency? What, what are Phillies fans talking about? I mean, seriously, who, who are they talking about? Are they talking about, as I mentioned, an A.J. Pollock who signed with the Dodgers last week? Are they talking about Harper and Machado? What are they talking about? And uh, uh, what we do, what you try to have as a host is a pulse for what people want to discuss, what they want to talk about. And I get it. Look, I I was with you with the Wentz-Foles thing where it became this one against the other. Okay, and I I never understood that. To me, you're an Eagles fan. 
You're not a you're not a Foles or a Wentz fan. You're an Eagles fan. So it's a good thing if they're doing well. And I never I didn't understand the pitting one against the other and, and host did that here as well. I didn't get that. But you're kidding me if you don't think people are talking about Harper and Machado. Flat out. Steven in Center City. Steven, you're on ninety four to BIP. Hey Rob, listen, I got two questions for you. What do you think about this trade the Knicks made to Dallas? Does that prop Dallas up, you think? I think well the problem Dallas has is they're they're playing in the in a conference that's that's brutal up right. top. I, but I like the deal for Dallas. I do. Yeah. I mean I, I think I, I think the the having Doncic there, having Dirk being able right. to work on Porzingis will keep him in Dallas. So I think he will sign long term there. I think it's a nice move for them. For the right. Knicks, I get the Knicks got two ones back, but they they're Man, not going to be they're, great picks. They're tough ones. Yeah, hey, listen, and, and, here's and, and Dennis Smith Jr. You couldn't do better than that for no, Porzingis. I, I, they wanted to get rid of money, obviously, and that's it. Well, that, yeah, but with, when you're doing that, yes, you're setting yourself up right. at seventy million, which means you could you could get two max guys, but you better right. land those two max better. guys. And by the way, I get the allure of New York, but you do you really want to go yeah. play for the worst owner in sports and James yeah, I don't Dolan? Think so. Hey, listen, Rob, I got a question for you, real yeah. quick. Um, the Rams, you have to thank the Rams for the Eagles championship because um, if, had they not, not went out of the game last year, do you think the Eagles might have went ahead and won the Super Bowl without giving what Foles did? And then the second follow-up to that is, what's the one guy that started the Patriots um, in a similar way dynasty? It's 2001. Bledsoe. No, no, no. no. In the same way, knocking um, the quarterback out that started the whole franchise success in New England. There's one guy on the Jets that did it. Uh, I don't know. Who, who was it? Mo Lewis, the linebacker. Put okay. Bledsoe out. Brady came in. The rest is history. Yeah. No, I mean, look, it's hard to – you're not going to play better than what Foles did in the, in the NFC no. Championship game in the Super Bowl. But and, the only thing I will say is, in Wentz's defense, he was playing at an insanely high level before he went down. So yeah. I, can, I, can I say with certainty he couldn't have done it? No, I can't do that no. either. No, I mean, I, I don't think he would have done it. I mean, he, I don't even think he would have gotten to the Super Bowl, to tell you the truth. I, I, I don't think this guy has playoff um Why? Skills. How do you know that? He hasn't won yet. Right, but he hasn't played in a playoff game. So but, how would you know he, that he can't? I, I, I just don't think he has it. It's my opinion, but, you know, we'll see what he gets, okay. if he gets there. I, he may not ever get there. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think statements like that, thanks, Stephen, are, are greatly unfair. Yeah, he hasn't played. And if your argument is he can't stay healthy, that's different. But to say that he can't do it, well, why? Have you seen him play poorly in a playoff game? No, we haven't seen him play in a playoff game. Guy was eleven and two when he went down in twenty seventeen, and I think this this past season he was compromised. I do, and and some of it was he just didn't play well. He was up and down. I thought he I thought he had an up and down season, but there's no way you're going to tell me that he was physically able to go. He wasn't, or physically where at his peak because he wasn't. Next year is going to be a big year for Carson Wentz, clearly. And if he's healthy and he gets through all 16 games, which is, is a, certainly a, a big thing for him, but if he is able to and he doesn't play at an elite level, then people like Steven will be proven right. But I don't agree with that. I think if he's healthy, he is an elite quarterback. And he acts absolutely. You're telling me he couldn't have beaten Atlanta where Foles didn't play great in that game, the defense stepped up? You're telling me he couldn't have beaten that Vikings team that came in with all the hype and the Eagles spanked them? I don't know. Now, was Foles unbelievable in the Super Bowl? Yeah. It's hard to play better than Foles played in that game. Greg on a cell. What's up, Greg? Hey, how are you, Rob? Good, Greg. How are you? 
good. So, uh, you know, the, the Machado thing and the uh, Harper thing, I think this thing is just getting so old and talking about paying these guys insane amounts of money. They're babies. Their agents are, you know, doing a horrible job for the fans. Uh, you know, I've been around a long time watching Philly sports. I'd almost rather them lose for another 10 years than uh, give in and pay them. I don't get that. You'd rather lose than not. Why do you care what they pay them? It's not your money. Why would you rather lose? You know, Philly's a hard-working town, man. We don't want to see, you know, a bunch of spoiled babies. I don't know that they're going to win with them. You know, we, don't, we can't guarantee they're well, going to win Greg, with them. hold on, hold on. If that's the case, then you don't want to see the Sixers win and Bede's highly paid. I'm sorry, I missed that. I'm, I'm confused. You just don't want to pay athletes in general? I think they're overpaid in general. Well, then why do you follow sports? You know, I, that's a good question. I don't know. I follow less and less. Do you watch? Let me hold on, Greg. Do you do you watch the Do you watch the movies? No. You don't watch. Do you watch TV? No, very little. Okay. All right. I mean, entertainers are highly paid. Is it is it ridiculous yeah. the money they make? Sure yeah. it is. But it's supply yeah. and demand, and it's and it's there 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 are a handful of well, they're more than a handful, but there are, there's a very finite amount of people in the world who can do what they do. Is it is it is it way out of control? Yeah, but uh, yeah. you know you're gonna drive well, yourself trans- nuts if you worry about how much money these guys make. Trust me. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm transitioning more and more into the college sports than the uh, in the professional sports. Okay, but that's, th- that's the case where uh, coaches are making now eight upwards of eight to ten million a year in the college level. I hear you. All right. Sorry. All right, Greg. I'm I, not no need to be sorry for me. I mean, I I don't. I, I, I agree with you. Do I think paying an athlete $300 million is, is ridiculous? Sure it is, but that's the world we live in. Yeah, I think baseball's coming back, and, and everything's relative, but it's coming back to reality a little bit. But, you know, I don't know. Greg doesn't want to watch sports. He doesn't want to watch TV. He doesn't watch movies. All right, cool. I mean, he doesn't want to watch anything. 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon. So we'll continue with your phone calls. Where were you when the clock struck zero last year in Minnesota and the Eagles won their first Super Bowl? But when we come back, speaking of Super Bowls, Mark Lawrence is going to join us. He's going to give us his picks for Super Bowl 53 between the Rams and the Patriots. I'm Rob Ellis in for Howard Eskin. WIP Sports Time is 940. Yes, welcome back, everybody. Rob Ellis in for Howard Eskin. Super Bowl Eve this Saturday. Tomorrow, kickoff will after 6 p.m. in Atlanta. Patriots looking to bounce back from last year's Super Bowl loss to the Eagles. Incredibly, what, third straight year? And they're looking to win. And you look at the numbers for Brady and Belichick now. It's just flat-out insane. The Rams... Team that, that turned it around very quickly under Sean McVay. Perhaps got a gift to get in last week or two weeks ago in New Orleans. Patriots minus two and a half over under 56 and a half. And you know what time it is. We do it each and every Saturday. He joins us. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Lawrence. That's Mark with a C. Playbook.com as well. Mark, first off, happy Super Bowl Eve, man. How you doing? I'm doing terrific, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just can't wait for this game. You know, the, the week, the bye week kills you. You just, at this point, you just want it to be played. But I love the Super Bowl because there are so many different things to to dive into, man, with all the props that you get, the 
the cross pollination of different sports tying in the NBA and and the game itself. Uh, everything from Adam Levine's shoe color to Gatorade to Bon Jovi to Gladys Knight. It's all involved, man. I I, I think it's a lot of fun. I like that phrase, cross-pollination, because that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's, uh, you know, today, in fact, I was speaking with Jay Cornegay, the sports director at the Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas. I, I did an article for the USA Today on proposition wagering, and he informed me that 60% of the bets that they take in Vegas this Super Bowl weekend will be on the propositions, 40% on the game itself. Mm. People just love betting these props. I guess that's where you pull in sort of like the Super Bowl does. Maybe not necessarily the hardcore either NFL fan or gambler. You're going to get people who are a little bit more casual, and that might appeal to them a little bit more rather than just the point spread. It does just that, and it also what it does is keeps people in the game longer. You know, they, uh, you know, they could be cheering for every time a running back touches the ball or a quarterback throws the football. They're, you know, they're involved in plays from start to finish. So you know, it's a little bit more attaching, if you will, proposition plays. Maybe not as strong as a handicap because, the truth be known, they do take a pretty good cut out of the vigorous on those propositions. People aren't aware of that. So, uh, And the other side of the coin is when people bet the propositions, they tend to love to bet the yes and the over in the propositions, and that's where they largely make the biggest mistake is you want to try and make proposition bets where you can bet the no and the under if at all possible. Yeah, and we always talk about how, you know, whether it's a teaser or a parlay, they can be sucker bets sometimes, that kind of thing, Mark. So is this, if you're advising, are you telling people, hey, man, stay away from this stuff, just bet the game, bet the money line, whatever the case may be, or do you, do you are you into it like everybody else? Do you dip your foot in that pool as well? I don't go too deep into the propositions, uh, but like I say, because I went deep into the article, uh, there's a couple that stood out to me. Uh, Number one is uh, I happen to like Todd Gurley to exceed 67.5 rushing yards in the game. Uh, And if you look at uh, the the makeup of the game plan here, Sean McVay is going to utilize him as much as he possibly can. At the midway point of the season this year when the Rams were 8-0, he was the MVP leading candidate in the league. And now with C.J. Anderson in the mix, uh, he got hurt, he got injured, but he brought in Anderson, which was a wise move. Rest assured, McVay will go to his MVP candidate in this game for as much as he can. I think he's not going to want to let Jared Goff win or lose the game. He's just going to want him to quarterback the game. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think he's the key to the whole game. I, I just The only thing I would worry about is that knee and that health. But I, I think he's the Rams' key on offense because whether it's play action or just keeping the heat off of Goff, you, you saw how he got kind of panicky early in that Saints game. If you can establish the run game and just everything settles down a little bit, that's where I think he's really effective. I, I like that a lot. I, I'll throw one at you that, that I like a little bit. Sure. Maybe maybe to win the MVP, James White. He's 20-1. to 1. He's a really integral part of what the Patriots do, but an overlooked guy, I think. You can maybe make some, some nice coin on that one. Well, I think you can. And, you know, it was a few years back when we had isolated James White as being a potential threat for as a receiver in the game. And he's really exceeded all those expectations each time New England's made the game. So whether, you, like you say, whether he runs the ball or catches the ball, he's a threat uh, to not only score, but also to gain those yards. Yeah. So well, let, let's look at this then. Let, let's start with the, the sort of the, the heavy stuff, and then maybe we'll dip into some, a couple more of the props. But the point spread two and a half. Patriots typically play very close games, Mark. So I, I guess you can't be real surprised by that. Over under fifty six and a half. How do you feel about those two? 
Well, the Patriots do play close football games. It's one of the reasons that Tom Brady is only 1-5 against the point spread as a favorite in the playoffs. Uh, you know, he just doesn't. They just don't win games by wide margins. New England, uh, you know, they tend to play a little bit more conservative and a little closer to the vest. So, uh, you know, that number can be a little bit surprising if you like the New England Patriots in the game. Uh, you can look at the other side of the coin and look at uh, Sean McVay, the L.A. Rams, and the things that they've accomplished in his in his tenure, in his two-year tenure with the Rams. They've won 15 of their 18 games away from the Coliseum, so they're not going to be uh, at all. Uh, adverse to playing away from home. The other side of the coin is Sean McVay has never lost a game against an AFC team. He's taken on eight of them, and he's beat all eight of those AFC opponents. So he's bringing a lot to the table here as well. I think the bottom line to me when I'm looking at this game is, uh, in analyzing things statistically and out of my database, what I see in the Rams is a team that has the better offense, the better defense, and the better record. And in my way of thinking, better offense, better defense, better record, you better take the points. Okay. And that's that's what I'll be doing in the game. Rams plus the points. How about the total, 56.5? Well, the total opened up at 57.5 and was bet down by the Sharps in Vegas uh, because uh, there's not a lot of offense to, that can be relied upon in the game. And it's also at 57.5, it was the highest ever total in a Super Bowl game. So, you know, you hate to – it's like high uh, pole vaulting. You, you set the pole vault up at 20 feet. You know, you're, you're, you're good, but can you get over 20 feet? That's <laughs> right. the question here. I do like the under in the game. I think these coaches are going to be X's and O's against each other. I think it's going to be a coaching chess match in the game, and I think they're going to try and take each team's strength away from each other. And with that, I will go under what I think will be tomorrow. We'll see 57 points in the game. All right, so you want, you want to throw some props that you like at, at us, Mark? Well, uh, the one prop is the girly prop, and I would yeah. even go so far as to look at him as a possible MVP, uh, given the fact that if he is able to get these yards at 12-1, to that would be a nice return on him there that way. I know the quarterbacks have really dominated in the props in the past as far as MVPs go, but you know the situation being here that I don't think if the Rams win, I don't think it's going to be because, be because of Jared Goff in the, in the football game. Another prop that I like here is which team uh, does the team that scores last win the Super Bowl? Yeah. And the reason I'm looking at that is this, is that 12 of the last 13 years, the team that has scored last has indeed won the Super Bowl. The one and only time it didn't happen in that run was in uh, Super Bowl 47 when Baltimore beat San Francisco. And if you remember the end of that game, the Baltimore punter ran out of the end zone oh, for yes. a safety with four seconds to go to preserve their win. Uh, so that then gave the final uh, score to San Francisco, which if that hadn't happened, this, this would be a streak of 13 straight in a row. The team that score last wins the game. I think that's a nice proposition side. That's really good. I like that. All right, a couple other? Uh, another one here that people like to look at uh, scoring, higher scoring second uh, quarter or fourth quarter, because those are the two highest scoring quarters in Super Bowl games. And my play here would be looking at the second quarter to be higher scoring than the fourth. Mm. And the reason being that if you look at what the Rams and the, and the Patriots did this season here, the Rams and, uh, and the Patriots combined for 21.5 points in the second quarter this year. In the fourth quarter, they combined for 14.6 points a game. That's almost a full touchdown less in the fourth quarter. You've also got in the fourth quarter of these games here the pressure all of a sudden rising in these games, a lot more uh, strategy, if you will. So I'm going to look over the second quarter as opposed to the fourth quarter in the game. And uh, if there's one other prop I'm going to look at here also, uh, 
you know, it might be, uh, you're talking about scoring here, I would back that up with, with reverse thinking in, the, in that the second half of the game will outscore the first half of the game. And that's because of the last 20 Super Bowls, there have been higher scoring second halves than there have been first halves. Mark, good stuff, man. People can follow him on Twitter, at Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. Also check out his column in USA Today where he really dives into a lot of these. We know what a big fan you are of Adam Levine. I know you're all over what kind of shoe color he's going to be wearing and all that kind of stuff, Mark. It should be fascinating, man. Yeah, I, I, I'll probably have to rewind that on my, <laughs> on, my, on my DVR when I get to go watch that again. But yeah. I'm all for the Clydesdales and Bob Dylan singing Blown in the Wind. That's what I'm for for those commercials. There you go. All right, Mark, we appreciate it, man. Hey, Rob, enjoy the game. Be good. Thank Take you. Take care. Bye. You got it. All right, so let's get Mark. And we appreciate the patience from everybody. Let's get Daniel in here first. Daniel, you're on 94 WIP. Where were you when this all went down last year, Daniel? Oh, dude, so I lost my voice like the three days before. So I wasn't in the ICU as another caller, but <laughs> watching the game and that end and and screaming but nothing coming out of my head was just like it was yeah, I, it's surreal, I, right? Like everything else, it was surreal. <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah. Everybody look, everybody could see your face turning bright red, but they knew nothing yeah. was coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so you know that was that was like you know. Lifelong and, and couldn't scream. That's awesome. Um, I love but, it. But, um, you know, these callers on, on Machado and Harper and, one, not wanting to pay them, and, two, I, I mean, I, I just I said he'd rather it. lose than pay one of them. I don't get it. And, and, and this is the thing. Like, I don't know who is a better fit here. And, you know, they could both be busty. I mean, I don't think they're going to be a Lance Parrish. Right. But, but um. This is the question I have for you. Harper, yes. Both of them will hit a gazillion home, for, home runs at that field. Machado isn't a fit for the town right now. I don't think that could would would last because I think he will get his head screwed on right. Right. But Machado, to me, when you talk about like a, the pitching staff, he makes their pitchers better. Oh yeah, well, in terms of being yeah, he's playing third, and you got Segura at short. The left yeah, side I, of your it's a very it's a much improved just, left side of your infield vac- for sure. They're vacuums, yep. and and it's just like so to me, it's just like Machado just seems like the like what makes yeah. I, but I, I, here's the thing, and I, and I I think it makes some good points, Daniel. Thanks, man. I, I, Harper is a is a good right fielder. He's not great. He's not spectacular, but he's a good right fielder, and he'll be he would be fine. If that were the case, you know, I, I think one of the reasons he gets kind of knocked a little bit for his defense was because they played him a lot in center field, which isn't ideal for him. Ideally, he's in one of the corner outfield spots. Let's get Kevin and Blackwood up before we wrap things up. What's up, Kevin? Hey, how you doing, Rob? Good, brother. Good to, good to hear from you. Taking over for Howard. I, I just like sitting Howard, in, man. But, uh, not taking over. Just sitting in. Uh, I'm not just taking yeah. over for today. Mm-hmm. So, but um, hey, yeah, I just uh, I don't have a spectacular story, just like the previous caller said. Like you know, I wasn't in you know. But it was uh, I was you know my uh, the girl my girlfriend and I we were out at a uh, restaurant down in Berlin yeah where I watched all the playoff games so you know prior you know the prior week the guy was like you're coming right he's like you can't break the mojo you got to be here for so the that's where you were the whole time you were there for Atlanta you were there for Minnesota um, you had to go back there again yeah throughout yep. throughout and my girlfriend doesn't get it how emotionally involved <laughs> Eagles fans get you know right. what I mean yes. like. You know, and I get to a certain point where 
you know, when it was getting close, I'm like, don't talk to me. I, I, you know, I really need to like focus yeah. on this thing because, you know, I'm unconsolable. I mean, like I'm just, you know, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and, I'm the same way. Like, the I don't like problem. a lot of yapping and chatter. I mean, let, exactly. let me die. Let me dig in here. Right. And, and I, it was bad enough that I had the, the bartender there. She was, you know, they're going to lose, you know, they're going to uh, lose. Blah, blah, uh, blah, blah. Like, and I was like, you know, you need to shut up yeah. and you need to and shut up. And there goes up. your Listen, tip. I, yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Right. Nice. So like she's, and she was like the whole time, like they're going to win Kev. They're going to win. I don't know what you're so upset about. Just, you know, enjoy some wings. And I'm like, I can't eat. I can't eat. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like I just need to you yeah. know, have a quick hit of beer and you know, whatever. And when they won, that bartender paid. She paid like you wouldn't believe. Everybody that was sitting around me gave her the double salute. Good. You know what I mean? Like, Good. You know, and she just, I, I swear to God, she could not have made any money that day. That's right. That, 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 is, that is poor customer service right there. Kev, good stuff, man. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, can I can I touch on real quick yep. um, the Machado thing? And, uh, yeah, real um, quick. Go ahead. I just, I, honestly, really, like, I, I'm a little bit, I'm, uh, I hope that we get one of them, but I'm afraid we're not going to get any of them, and we're going to look like fools. I, I hope. Know. I know. I know. I, 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 and I hear you. And, and that's a concern. It's struggling this long. That's for sure. All right. Fun show today. I want to thank Phil Jackson producing the program. Ed Benkin with the updates. Don't move anybody. You got Glenn Mack now. Ray Didinger. They're coming to you live from Delaware Park. I'll be back with you Wednesday night. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Stay warm. WIP Sports Time is 9.58. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.